Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we're going to continue our discussion on floor trusses with Pat Schweeters and Corey Hemme at Jail Schweeters in Hugo, Minnesota. They are going to share how Jail Schweeters benefits from incorporating floor trusses into single-family projects. Pat and Corey, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back. Thanks for having us, Sean. Yep. Thanks again, John. All right. So, In the last episode, we talked about how 95% of your single-family projects incorporate floor trusses. Again, I'm floored by that, literally. Now, I'm curious, what's the biggest benefit to you as a company besides just selling more products? Yeah, one of the things, you know, we can control the entire design of this project. Uh, We're not looking for another outsourced floor trust, or I should say floor system designer, um, to work with our wall panel designers, framers, etc., uh, so we have all of our own trust designers on staff that were able to dig right into these jobs, design them to get all the bugs worked out, avoiding plumbing, making sure everything lines up for mechanical runs. Um, we can work hand in hand with the builders just to make sure everything goes as efficient as possible. Um, because again, we have all of our design staff, sales staff, all as one team, and we can work together to make sure everything fits together and is most efficient for the customers in the field. So, Corey, I mean, we touched upon this at the end of the last episode, but really this is about efficiency, right? Not only efficiency for the builders, so you're helping them streamline their the construction process and stay on uh, target, but it's also very efficient for you. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about like how do you manage uh, your design teams and your scheduling teams to make sure that everything is sort of happening boom, 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 boom? Yeah, so we can work with our design staff right into our production, make sure all of everything is in schedule, uh, make sure the product is on site when the framers need it. And like Pat mentioned, you know, most of these framers are our framers. So we can do things above and beyond um, because everything is under one roof. As we can provide product in line, so we provide trusses, floor trusses, and roofs as a framer needs them in the field. A um, lot less handling, a lot less broken product. Um, framers can get the product delivered when they need it in line and just way more efficient for everybody across the board. Well, let's get into that a little bit. So as you mentioned, you are an integrated framing contractor. So you are feeding your own labor in the field. Um, And I guess, as you were just talking about, you directly then benefit from the improvements that you make in the manufacturing and design process out in the field itself. I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit about how floor trusses specifically help increase your field labor efficiency. You know, Sean, we, uh, a few years ago, a few years back, actually, we integrated floor panel systems. Um, and, you know, when I say floor panel systems, floor cassettes, as some people may call them, in our manufacturing facility, we're building our floor trusses. It then gets shipped to a different uh, section that the sheathing, it gets designed and the sheathing gets put on stack and out to the out to the field. So our carpenters are seeing sections of floors coming out that we crane in place. Um, by floor trusses, to add on to what Corey had talked about the design, we, we are able to control and manipulate that to best serve and make it more efficient in the field. So something that may uh, take a floor system 
on a multifamily, it might take a day and a half, two days in the field to set all of the floor trusses by hand and then sheet them. We're able to do it within a few hours out in the field. Um, we're taking away the elements, you know, up in, in Minnesota, it's snowing right now, right? It's cold out. Uh, we take those elements out and, and it does become more efficient in the field. As we see through that design process, if there are little things that need to or we want changed, back to what Corey says, we have it all in-house. We can do those tweaks. We can see if something, if a, if a small design change um, can, can solve the problem, we can make that happen all internally and then just incorporate it right out into the field. Yeah, and we get instant feedback from our framers. You know, they'll call instantaneous as they're setting this project and, you know, we can make notes and do the next project and we can adjust for that. And again, we just become more efficient on every job. So I like that. I mean, most component manufacturers don't have the benefit of having that direct instant feedback from the field about like how great or how not great a particular system was, right? But you guys really double down on that, right? You are trying to foster that immediate feedback because it helps you improve your product. I'm wondering if you have any advice to component manufacturers who don't control their framing labor. Like, How, how do you build that, that level of trust and that, that encouragement to get that feedback immediately? Like, How did that work for you guys internally? We encourage, I, and I, Sean, I think we, you and I have actually talked about this before. On our business uh, segments that we don't install, we fester and ask that conversation. We have project managers that go out there um, to promote our product, but to make it easier for the framers. And we do ask their feedback. And you'd be surprised that uh, sometimes some of the changes that they request, they really don't cost any more money. It's just maybe a different process or a, a different way to do it or moving something around. And when they see that change and it's like, hey, these guys listen to me, when they see that change, they definitely buy into the process and it's better for both of us. It makes their jobs a little bit more efficient. Um, it helps us promote our components and get it out to the field. And now there's a customer base that we maybe didn't, uh, that we didn't have one over before. Now we've got one over. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it also makes me wonder, you brought up floor cassettes, floor, you know, floor panels, floor decks, different markets call them by different names. But why, why do you do those in single family space? Like what, what's, what's the benefit there? We do, you know, we started to take time out of the field, right? Um, that was our number one goal is, is like, how can we turn these cycle times? Our customers were coming to us and, you know, dealing with labor shortages and things like that. It's like, how can we turn these houses? So initially when we got into it, that's what we started to do. However, when we got into that, some of the, the benefits that we started to see, we, we figured we would see it, but we didn't understand the impact that we would see. And I would tell you the number one is safety. We're a big uh, fall protection. It is a framing carpenter, you know, the, uh, the leading edge, um, you know, being six feet off the ground, leading edge, having all of that, being OSHA compliant is very difficult in very, very many different situations, including the floor system. Uh, by doing floor cassettes and having the sheathing and stuff right on, we're actually putting the anchors to tie downs for our carpenters on in the field, in the man, I'm sorry, in the manufacturing plant. So our carpenters in the field, when that panel gets set, they reach behind them and there's a D-ring that they lock to. Boom, it's taken care of, that fall protection. So that is another reason why we really promote that. Uh, and, and we see that even in our larger multifamily is probably even more common because as you get higher in the air and you get bigger, bigger products out there, uh, safety becomes a bigger issue. And it, it's just one way that we can tackle it. So even though that, that discussion about floor trusses and all the benefits that we talked about in the first episode, 
one of the unspoken ones there for the framing community is just floor trusses are and floor panels are potentially a safer way to go about constructing a building. And even as we potentially slow down a little bit in some of our markets and the pressure to keep that uh, construction cycle time as efficient as possible may ease just a little bit, the benefits of still using the floor trusses still shine, both from a safety perspective and also from a performance perspective and all the other things that you're able to accomplish, right? Absolutely. I think that um, even excess, Sean, to add on to that, when you have uh, tight projects and things like that, that doesn't ever go away, regardless of what of what happens. You know, um, a, a different project, you're always going to have that safety. You're always going to have that access, those access issues. And by utilizing that system, it constantly improves that process. You know, one of the other aspects of floor trusses that I want to focus on, and you guys brought this up in the first episode just a little bit, uh, it makes some of the framing issues out in the field easier as well, like flush beams and zero barrier entry doors and showers. Can you explain to me why floor trusses shine in those particular areas? Yeah, we sure can. Um, as Pat mentioned, you know, the zero clearance bearing on our villas units, you know, we're able to top cord bear on the exterior foundation walls and basically let that floor truss project down below the foundation. So um, easy access uh, for elderly communities, um, that type of thing. And also mentioned, you know, all of our designers are under our own belt here again. Um, we're able to design, work with the customers, uh, make sure we can provide zero clearance um, showers as well. So we can drop that top cord typically three inches. So once they tile out that shower, it's a walk-in versus having to step there. Um, you know, we can customize things as well. A lot of our custom, custom builders, we can provide a trace step ceiling inside of that floor system. So maybe on a two-story house, you have a dining area you want to trace ceiling in. Typically, that's going to be softened below your standard nine-foot wall height. But now we can project that up into the floor stresses. So uh, customizable, you know, it's not just a flat provided system. You know, we can design and engineer around a lot of different barriers. So flush headers like you spoke about, you know, we're able to project, project those flush headers up into the floor. Typically, your floor trusses are a little bit deeper than your eye joists. Um, but that still provides a mechanical run above that header situation. So you can kind of accommodate both things. One thing I didn't touch on, load transfers. Again, all of our designers can design these floor truss systems to make sure we have uh, window headers or trusses under the correct locations. So load transfer from window headers, that type of thing. Um, you know, we can engineer those point loads onto the end of them floor trusses to make sure that that house is designed properly. From anywhere from sporting window headers to deck loads, anything that's going to be transferred onto the cantilever situations can achieve a lot larger cantilevers with a floor truss system. Typically kind of a standard double the depth of the floor. So 18 inch floor, you can get away with a 30 inch cant relatively easy. And in cases more than that, but a lot of that load transfer situations that we can design for into a floor truss versus an engineered wood product. Maybe this is a complete duh statement to you guys, but that's one of those things that I don't know that we talk about very often. You know, we talk about how roof trusses can come in any profile and can accommodate anything that the builder wants to do from a aesthetic standpoint or from a, a functional standpoint, right? As you said, whether they want tray ceilings or they want some sort of interesting um, profile on the outside with the roof system, whatever it is. If you want to incorporate attic space, you know, the sky's the limit. Your creativity is the only thing that sort of limits you. We don't talk about that much in the floor truss uh, side of things. We typically just think of them as 
It's just a parallel cord boring truss that has, you know, a standard sort of web configuration and a, and a few chase openings and you're, you're good to go. And there isn't much variation in there. But what you're really saying is that there is the ability for a component manufacturer to take a much more creative approach with the floor trusses that, you know, depending on bearing conditions and everything else, you can modify those trusses in some ways to change either the, um, the floor profile or in the case of a second floor, the ceiling profile uh, to accommodate some of those changes. And sometimes that's a lot easier to do than you could, you could accomplish trying to do that with eye joists, right? Yeah, a lot less framing. You know, if you're going to do it with an eye joist system, you would have a lot of microlamp beams, um, a lot of additional framing to try to accommodate a step ceiling like that. Again, trusses, everyone is built one at a time. So uh, we can customize things. We can design whatever we can get to run in the software and get our structural engineers to stand behind. We can definitely manufacture it. That strikes me that there's something that everyone can learn from that of thinking about floor trusses more creatively than just what you build as standard. Okay, so I'm also interested in knowing, um, you know, what advice you would give to component manufacturers, LDMs, and framers listening on how they should approach trying to convince their single-family builder customers to try floor trusses if they haven't done it before. What would you tell them that they? Where should they start that conversation? What should they focus on? What are the elements that they should talk about? You know, one thing that comes to mind, Sean, is is I think back over time of how the conversation started uh, or how the conversations started, challenges. You know, what challenges are are out there, uh, even from a framer's standpoint, from a material supplier standpoint, everyone has different challenges. Bring them up. This sometimes can be a, a solution. Consider running a cost study, right? You know, everybody has it in their mind that it's more expensive, but maybe maybe run some different scenarios and have that conversation run a cost study to see if it really is. And if it is, what, what is the value that's provided with it? Be surprised at, um, you know, what people view as a value and understand as a benefit they can provide to their customer. It's an entire system that goes into it. And I think, um, you know, providing that to the customer to, to understand uh, there are different things that are different things available at the end of the day might be a different solution or a different system. But if it gives them a better outcome at the end, they're more successful. One thing that I find interesting is I've been in some component manufacturing facilities that do both, right? They they will provide either the floor trusses or they'll provide an I-joist uh, floor system. And they sort of leave it up to their builder customer to dictate which one they prefer. I'm just curious what your perspective would be on that. Of like, is it is it a good thing to just sort of lay back and just let your builder customer just dictate their preference? Or would you say... You know, a, a component manufacturer might want to be a little bit more aggressive and looking at a creative way to get them to switch more over to floor trusses. Or does it matter to you at all? You know, it does. Every situation is different, right? And you have to uh, assess the whole situation to see once what's better, probably for the partnership, for the customer, and, and for the component, meaning ourselves, the component manufacturers. Um, when I go back through and I look at the constraints, that the, the supply constraint we had here in the past few years, particularly with EWP packages, it was in every bit of our interest to promote floor trusses that we could control because we didn't want our labor sitting in the field, right? So it's like we keep these projects going. It also benefited the customer as well because it kept them going. Now, if we're dependent on other people, meaning an EWP supplier or or anything else for that matter. And that puts a little bit of pause in our deal. It, it hurts us. 
doesn't, it's not profitable to be standing around. So for us to promote that is one of the reasons to keep our costs in line and to keep us profitable and not have to run into these cost overruns or the delays that uh, we're not able to keep people busy or have to make a decision on the fly. You know, the remobilization to a different site, that all costs money. And we, we're trying to get the costs down to our customers as well. Excellent. Well, Corey and Pat, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us, Sean. It was a lot of fun. Thanks again, Sean. Appreciate it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.